0: Now, if you have heard the uh, the quote, not human versus AI, but humans multiplied by AI, then you will know my guest today on the Near Wilkins podcast. I'm joined by Alexander DeRida, who is a an absolute AI guru when it comes to futurology and the technology emergence that we're seeing in this whole AI space. So welcome to the podcast, Alexander.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, this. I mean, we're kind of titling this particular conversation, Practical AI Innovation, because, you know, when I was kind of thinking through how can we kind of position this conversation, what are we going to talk about, kind of where can I take, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the discussion – It was just so broad. It was so kind of all encompassing because I know, you know, you've been immersed in this space for a long, long time. You've kind of been there, seen it and done it. And I'm not over egging this for people who don't know uh, your backstory. I want to go there in just a second because they need to understand who you are and kind of why uh, you've got the reins for this uh, this particular conversation. But do, do you think practical AI innovation is a good starting point for a conversation like this?
1: There's a million way, roads to Rome, so for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think I think it is because it needs to be practical, doesn't it? I think a lot of people are you know, being very philosophical about AI and saying, oh, it's the greatest thing we've ever had for commerce and for society. And then other people are, are running for cover, running to the hills and trying to avoid it. They're, they're kind of, it feels like kind of people fall into one of either camp. And there's there's very few people in the middle who are saying, yeah, I'm not really affected or I'm not that bothered. You, you either are looking to see how you can embrace this or you're feeling very fearful. Are you seeing that with the people you're kind of working with?
1: I'm seeing a lot of confusion in enterprise about what the best way is to make a a true AI transformation happen in their culture and their people. Um, Larger companies have been doing this stuff for a long time. And, you know, whenever you would even like get a job at a company like that, and you want to innovate and you would change things, no matter what it is, you'll run into walls, right? They say like, no, we know how to do this. Trust me. Don't work too hard. You'll draw attention. <laughs> that attention is not good. Now, in startups and smaller companies, it's the opposite. You want you want attention. You you want to stand out because that is how you make progress. That's how you succeed as a smaller company. But the the whole idea is a it's a cultural transformation. The same way that we have gotten used to remote working and working from home. Remember remember what that was like. Um, Now, I was doing it for a long, long time before it was cool. Uh, My businesses were fully remote uh, since 2015, and I have been fully remote since 2008 uh, myself. So I got a long time to master the art of working from home, but the majority of the population had a real culture shock. It was not easy to transition. How do you manage remote workers? How do you keep them productive? How do you keep them motivated? How do you develop company culture in that that sense. The same is true for AI transformation today. It's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it that companies haven't quite figured out how to roll out. We all see that it can be beneficial, but we don't necessarily have figured out as organizations worldwide, like how to best approach it. And like you said, a practical way.
0: Mm. And I know you're kind of a little bit about your backstory and kind of how you've kind of got to this point. And and I think it was almost written in the stars, wasn't it, looking back that you were going to be one of the, I guess, pioneers in this space, you know, from, you know, from an early kind of stage. But for anyone who hasn't kind of listened to your content or, or, or seen you before, give a little bit of a flavor of kind of the journey for you that's brought you kind of to this point of really driving forward in the AI space.
1: So, you know, we can talk for hours about all my wonderful stories of growing up uh, in Belgium and Flanders and then coming to the United States and my childhood experiences that let me to become the person I am today and my interests and so forth. I mean, it would be wonderful to have those be able to tell those stories one day. There's so many. Um, however, um, for, for the sake of this podcast, let's maybe just tell a few stories that are like re- really into the AI, really like how did I get into AI? Now, um, I, was, I was trained and studied as computer scientist, uh, but my first job was in the marketing space. And I always loved uh, applying technology in a way that it can interact and interface with humans. And the way I see uh, a search engine like Google is the way I see a human with a personality, and you get to know their likes and dislikes and way of asking what you want in a nice way, so they'll say yes. And you need to treat technology as if you would treat a human from a psychological perspective. Even today, the different AI models—they all have different personalities. You know, if you tell an AI, uh, you know, please and thank you they'll be more likely to respond. And another one responds better if you're very direct with it. So you get to speak their language and you need to treat them almost like you will treat a human being and knowing how to interact with them. The only way you do that is by interacting with them. You can't go to like school about this. You have to experience this firsthand. You need to develop a feeling for that, so to speak. So if you're not already doing that, you know, Get busy, get to know your new co- co-workers because you know, they are going to be your co-workers like it or not in the future. The same way that remote work has come and is here to stay, um, these agents are here to stay and be your co-workers. So I always loved how technology can be humanized and deployed at a larger scale. And so my early work was really uh, did a lot around, um, around internet Insights. I, I remember working with this company, Bioniclick, and an entire idea. This was in 2000, I guess 2007, 2008. What? Or the whole idea was: Could you use real-time analytics with JavaScript on a web page to understand the user behavior and then modify how the page behaves and responds to it? Including, could you real-time stream a different phone number? Depending on their IP address and session, so that you can convert, create a conversion trigger when a person picks up the phone and calls, and you already know what they hovered over and what they looked at on the web page. And can you then convert, do a trigger in Google AdWords to trigger that as a conversion, so you know which keyword led to that conversion, so you know which keyword searches lead to phone calls, which means money. And so we we actually built that. This was. it's still doing some obscure JavaScript that very few people know how to do. It involved um, sending server-side JavaScript to the client-side and then executing that after sending it over. It's interesting, interesting problem, even today. Very few people have done that technique. Um, but you need to see technology as a, an art form. They're like Lego bricks and you can build whatever you want with it, but you can't take no for an answer. There is a way to do it, you'll find a way. No matter if you have to break the laws of physics, you'll rewrite you'll rewrite the darn book. Right? Okay, so what's working a uh, lot in marking, lot in technology, kind of that intersection of humans and technology, going back to this quote, it's not human versus AI, but humans multiplied by AI. What I mean by that is that we are not replaced by AI. rather we can 10x 100x ourselves with this and we can express the fullness of our human capabilities far more and and unle- unlock and unleash the business potential we have within us. Uh, I started working in machine learning in earnest uh, when I was uh, building a team of um, you know PhD computer vision researchers so what we were doing is, Uh, for digital signage. One day I was walking in the mall and I was seeing all these screens that were doing advertisement. And I was looking at it and I said, you know, this is a female hygiene product. Can't it see that I will never buy that? Why is it showing that to me? And so if you think about it, half the population male, half the population female, what if it could see who the audience is and tailor its ads to it it could double the impact per impression. That's simple. If you could just tell the gender, so uh, we then built uh, built this idea out, and we built age recognition, gender recognition. We saw if people were smiling or they were frustrated, and we used that to in real time adapt the advertisements they were seeing. So sounds a little creepy, but this is 2008. This is not 2016 even. This is not even 2023, this is a long time ago. This was before we had uh, CUDA, which is Graphics Card Accelerated Compute for AI learning. So I got into it that way. And then by 2012, it was clear that neural networks were going to start taking over. And we moved from like machine learning feature extraction to just uploading uh, large data sets, annotated data sets, and let neural networks kind of figure out what to look for. Um, Then, you know, in the labs later, Transformers started to become a thing. But I started focusing on the question for SEO. um, Because I I, as doing SEO, I knew there was a cat and mouse game. So I'm a long, long time member of the forum, uh, Black Hat World for SEO. I'm long term, like, you know, not unethical, but hacking my web page to be more desirable by Google, figuring out ways to automate websites and so forth and so on. For a long time, that's uh, just that's like that's like fun for me, It's like solving a crossword puzzle for my grandfather, right? That's the equivalent of that. So knowing the cat and mouse game between Google and content creators and websites and businesses, I knew that these neural networks would be too good to pass up for Google. Because they relied so much on on link quality and authority, but they couldn't—they didn't have a way to measure what the article was really about, other than counting keywords. They couldn't really see that the quality of the articles were. Um, so late 2015, 2016, Google came out with RankBrain, and so ha- with my experience in the field of AI and in the marketing world. I knew that they were going to use um, embeddings, semantic embeddings, to do that. Now, it was not until, I guess, maybe two years ago, only two years ago, that OpenAI made like high quality embeddings available as an API to the public. Before that, you had to rely on embeddings like BERT, which were, What's uh, what's called like dense embeddings, and dense embeddings are more slow and more expensive to calculate. So in two thousand fifteen, I pioneered what's called sparse embeddings, and and sparse embeddings for semantic optimization of content. And with that, I I was able to predict five times five times w- which content. Would be optimized to be up to five times more likely to rank first page of Google. That, that's a five x difference. It's that is massive. That's night and day. So what that meant in practice is that if you wrote a piece of content, I could run it through the sparse embeddings AI technology and tell you whether or not, from a content perspective, you would be to top ten, and I could predict five times more accurate whether you'll be top ten or not. Then after that, we started reverse engineering that process of why you did or did not. And so we built this technology and applied it for um, for like Fortune 100 companies like Toyota. You can go look at 2016. They were pulling in 2.8 million visitors a month. Today, they're pulling in more than 13 million visitors per month. That's an increase of 10 million visitors per month. And so by using technologies like that, Right, two two marketing problems. We were able to get incredible results for our clients. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And so we continue to be on that path as as my companies. We got two exits under my belt already. I'm currently building Smith OS, and agent building framework, so so kind of democratize this power of bringing that to market. But it's how I got into this, and then you know GPT one came out um it was like 2019 2020 started working with transformer models you know they were still quite bad back then but already you could see the potential for it the biggest revolution that happened this year is the ability of AI to call apis and functions that is the single biggest innovation we had this year uh, because this is emergent behavior and it's the equivalent of humans discovering fire or the wheel. It's that massive. Like, right? so uh, you 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 sit in school, you're in elementary school or whatnot, and you lear- learn about the history of the human race, right? What do they tell you? Once upon a time, humans discovered fire, and then discovered the wheel. And like, everything before and after is kind of like pales in comparison because how massive that was and how transformative that was. You know, a million years from now, a history book will say, once upon a time, AI learned how to use tools. <laughs> history is not always obvious when you're living in it. But to me, it was so obvious that that was going to change the world. Because when AI knows how to use your, your Jira system or your ticketing system and knows how to browse the web and do this and do that, and you can reason with it and talk to it, it's, it, it's, it's some very different creature it's not just a thing you talk to and get a piece of text back. Now it can do do things, get actions done. And when you can do stuff, that's productivity. That's real real world impact. And that's agency.
0: Mm, I, I'm really fascinated. When, when you listen to that story, and, and it's great. Thank you for sharing that kind of timeline of evolution. Because I think for a lot of people that they will have assumed that, oh, well, it it only started kind of like 12 months ago. Whereas obviously this has been decades in the making, but it's only through, you know, technologists like yourself that we're starting to see now the fruits of, you know, all those early labors. But I'm fascinated by this kind of link between the machine and the human, because it feels like what you've been doing through this time is kind of Watching those two kind of let's call them entities or assets or whatever you want to say, but kind of almost dance between each other. So it, it feels like because if you were starting out doing the you know, say 15 16 years ago, doing the like the minority report kind of advertising with the Tom Cruise movie, he's walking down the, the the sidewalk and he sees all these adverts and stuff and you were actually kind of creating those kind of uh interactions then that's that's a very human thing to happen it's not necessarily based on data sets is it that's a human interaction with a technology And then it feels like it was almost in in this dance and interplay between the tech and the human. It was almost then the weighting went towards tech. The humans were kind of taken out of it. But it feels now, the way you're describing it, that humans are making a bit of a resurgence in this equation. Because when you describe, say, agents, for example... This is kind of giving almost like a human front or a human um, interface with the technology, isn't it? I mean, certainly from my very limited, very naive perspective, that's kind of how it feels right now. Is that an agent? Is that kind of window into the technology?
1: I I write about this from time to time on my social media feed, and my friends will know I'm talking about this from time to time. But um, watch the movie Pinocchio. Pinocchio is is an AI. It's a creation. it's a it's a it's a toy, it's a piece of wood. It's not supposed to talk, but Geppetto gives it a way to talk. And um, you know the reference to Pinocchio was uh, used in uh, the, the Marvel movie of Ultron as well and he was referring to like a puppet without strings. There are no strings on me and like he cuts the strings off. Right. But that was the uh, that was the doomsday fear fear-mongering version of Pinocchio. The one I'd like to focus on is that Pinocchio wants to become a boy, wants to become a real boy. And to become a real boy, he needs to encounter have an encounter with a conscience. And and the conscience, the cricket, is teaching him what it really means to be human. And so Pinocchio goes on this transformation where he desires to be more and more like his creator, which is by the way, a very Christian theme as well. Um, because the story is in my image, I have created you and therefore, you know, imitate me and become more like me. And it's also the story of fatherhood because a father wishes his child to, you know, be the best version of him or herself. but also also impart all the strengths and and talents and abilities and compassion and everything and, and, and pass that on to the next generation. So with artificial intelligence, it is hard to say that the AI itself has a motive on its own to want to be human. However, humans have a desire for it to be more human. We have a desire for it. And that desire starts... And it's very evident, uh, even in prehistoric times, children have dolls, they have teddy bears, and they hug them, and they talk to them, and they give them comfort. And so what we do as humans is we project or breathe life into things, sometimes into inanimate objects, uh, like a piece of stone that can become very precious to you, and you can be very attached to it. And some people would talk to their pet stone. I mean, uh, it can be whatever it is, but we can talk to a picture of a, a, of a long lost uh, loved one that we haven't seen in a long time. We can talk to their picture and project affinity and love and compassion and all the human experience onto something that is just a piece of paper with some ink on it. And so it is this ability of humans to project or breathe life into things that we're currently seeing happening with with AI, AI is being transformed from just a tool to to an entity that we breathe life into, and that entity is AI agents. And AI agents will have more and more of our resemblance. They will not never quite be human, but they can give us uh, attention, comfort, help, and every way that you know you'd say a four-year-old has with their favorite teddy bear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so this kind of then introduces this whole idea of obviously uh, the smithos.com um, sort of vision, I guess, which is very much about this interactivity with the AI technology to scale, to build a team, right. to build you know, something that is you know, I, I guess, I mean, ultimately scalable as far as you want to scale it just purely by training. I say just, but I mean, you know, I'm underplaying this, but the, the, the concept is simple by training it, by integrating it in with a very specific role. So it has its own purpose. It has its own function as an agent of your team, as it were. Is, is this kind of, I know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's it's coming here to take my job, but Having agents and potentially building a, a virtual organization, a virtual business, kind of sounds very much like the human isn't actually required. Because if, as you're explaining, Alexander, that it can be to a point that you can actually have those interactions which are very, very human with your agents, I, you know, those who uh, those avata- avatars, if we were to call them that, around your organization, which is a virtual organization. That doesn't feel if they are able to tap into a matrix or a huge great data set and actually be way more effective way more efficient that doesn't seem to be the need in certain types of businesses for the actual human part of it
1: yeah i I don't agree with that um the the agent is an extension of the human and it, it's breathed life into by the human so if you wanted to If you wanted to run a finance team, you need a human to build, maintain, and operate finance agents. If you have a development team, you need a human to build, maintain, and operate engineering agents. If you have a quality assurance team, you need a quality assurance agent engineer to build, uh, maintain, and operate quality assurance agents. So the, the difference is just that humans with their AI colleagues can aggregate their knowledge and make it available to the team in a way that teams become vastly more efficient. The way to think about the economic impact of that is simple. What would change the world if we had one more human born, trained, raised, entered the workforce? Very little. So the impact of a single AI agent is very little. What would happen if we had twice the world's population, but half of the population that we add, right? So, so no, half of the total population, so the population we add, doesn't need to own land or eat or drink or pollute, besides electricity, energy, and the resources to build their computing networks, so to speak. Um, what What would happen is that the GDP would double At least, assuming they're as efficient as humans, we have twice the output, but we also have twice the GDP per capita, which means we double our wealth, which means we have the capacity to give everyone quality health care, can eradicate hunger, and so forth, and so on. And, you know, work is not the purpose of life. It simply is not. It's something we have been conditioned to believe because from age old, we had to work in order to live. But it is not necessary. If today I shut down my computer, what 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 would you do if you shut down your computer right now? I bet there's a bunch of things around the house. My parents are just retired and they are more busy than ever they've been before. Oh no, I, I try to get a hold of my parents. <laughs> It's like, oh, sorry, I got to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. I'm really busy. I was like, how did you ever manage to raise children while working? <laughs> right? So it is not when we, when we increase the wealth, it does not mean we're going to work any less hard. It just means that we can do other things, things that fulfill us, things that give us purpose. Uh, I mean, look at you. You are having a podcast. You're sitting in a beautiful office, a wonderful chair. You have uh, what looks like maybe like a condenser, high-end microphone, right? And you are sitting here talking to someone who is maybe hundreds or thousands of miles apart on a video screen, where then people from all around the world are watching this. A hundred years ago, you'd be plowing the field just to survive this winter. And I'm exaggerating timelines, but go back, go with me, go back another hundred years. And surely that's true because 78% of the population was involved in just subsistence farming just to get by. And so it is thanks to the innovations of yesterday that we are able to even sit here and have this conversation today. And if I were to ask you, if you'd rather do this, or go and plow the field all day in the burning sun. I know what I pick. My life is objectively more fun, more exciting, and better than that. Right? So, you know, there's something to say for a simple life, but even those technological innovations would allow me to have a simple life today if I chose to, and I have that freedom to do that, except for one thing. Economic slavery because I you know, I I have spent a lot of time thinking about this too As long as you need to work to pay the bills, you're not truly free Stop working can't live you're only truly free if you have enough passive income to Work on the things you really want to work on and so imagine how many great business ideas have never started because people were too busy just surviving. That is going to change. Because with AI agents, we're finally going to go into a world where people with those crazy ideas and those really big dreamers are going to have an opportunity to be the next Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. Uh, A small team in the Philippines will be able to start the next giant Company we've never heard of or can't even dream of, because now they will have opportunity. This is about equality of access and equality of opportunity. This is why open source AI is so important to create a global opportunity, not just for the wealthy, but where everyone can benefit from this technology to improve their lives and 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 the one and, and around them.
0: So so being human then is the thing that this is going to enable so so rather than us as humans in business for example doing things that actually we add very little value through because it's processing. It's on, as I describe it often, the hamster wheel. So we're going round and round and round and right. round. We're processing things where we add very little value because we're not analysing, we're not investigating, we're not innovating, we're not evaluating the outputs of those things. We are just doing. So, so we, if the agents then plug into those those tasks and they fill those tasks, and they do them way more effectively than we can, is that allowing us then to be more human? So I can then go for the walk around the park, I can jump on my bike and go for a ride, I can actually evaluate the outputs from my agents, and we can kind of sit around this virtual table and say, okay, we've now got a great opportunity to do this, and thank you very much, because whilst I was out riding my bike or walking around the park, you guys the agents. You guys were processing the numbers. You were doing the big data haul. You were, you were kind of doing those hard yards that if I was to do it, it would take longer, but I would add very little value doing. This feels about being human. This feels much better.
1: Well, it's it's not because we don't farm the land. We work less. In some ways, we work more today than we did back then so it's not about working more or less or adding more or less value what is value anyway is money really truly value um it's it's about having freedom freedom to make those choices for yourself now nobody ever nobody ever went to a eulogy a funeral for susan and said, Susan was wonderful at PowerPoint presentations. That's not what defines your life. This is what you have to do to get by, what you have to do to live. If you value human life, then get that menial, depressing, repetitive, uninspiring, uncreative, unemotional work out of your life work with agents that can help you do that and spend more time on being genius, creative, bold, encouraging, uplifting, and spend time with the people that you love because that is what is going to define your life more than anything.
0: Mm. So so did these agents offer the opportunity in any industry, in any function, I'm thinking, finance, production, operations, logistics, marketing, sales, even certainly customer service, every single discipline, is there an opportunity to have an agent or a team of agents in every discipline? Or are there certain roles where, I mean, maybe in the C-suite, you know, senior management level, maybe you wouldn't have a a managing director. Well, would you have a managing director or a CEO who is an AI?
1: Possibly, yes. Um, Now, I'll I'll be extremely clear. As I was telling you when I was working on machine learning, saw neural networks coming out, I knew this was going to have an impact on search engines. And I built and exited two companies on the back of that belief. All right? Have an incredible success based on that. I am betting my entire future now on a new prediction. And that is that agents will be this next transformative force for SEO. The future means brand agents. Um, you can already see people not having the patience to browse websites to get the answers they want. You need to evolve. Imagine you're a best sales person can talk to every customer that visits your website, but not just via Google or your website, but in Siri and Alexa in Windows Copilot and all the Meta social network platforms everywhere, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere people are your your brand is ready to have a personalized one-on-one conversation, quality conversation that leads to conversions with customers. That is the future of marketing, and I will bet my entire career on this. Um, you can come back five years from now and say. Alexander, you were a genius, or you can say Alexander, you were completely wrong, right? Like, but this will happen, and and I am guiding my entire career based on strong convictions. Um, there, I am already living that future, and I'm seeing day after day. I see this future materializing. Um, this is not something I even say today. This is something I have been saying for for uh, at least on stages and and podcasts since march of this this year i have been saying this and here's how this is going to come about uh the agent the agent stores the gpt store the Copilot store it's kind of the new app store and initially agents are going to be like you remember those silly apps on the app store when it first was released like you can use your um, um your sensors to Pretend you're drinking beer. Remember that app? I see. that. 2008, (laughs) 2009. You know, the first agents are like that. They might be gimmicks or they might be like toys. But then better and better apps start coming around until we hit that sweet spot of productivity. 2024 is the year where the app store for AI, the agent stores, are going to be big. Now, I'm not going to be the one who is going to win that market um the incumbents microsoft apple uh, uh amazon google they have too much market share and too much power to and too much money to put behind this they will w- they will win this uh, with it you will see extinction events happen for websites like freelancer and upwork and so forth as people rather hire neil wilkins than some person they don't know from who knows where. And and as as these agent marketplaces come, the demand for agents will increase. And with it, the demand for creating more capable agents will increase as well. So with smithos.com, we've created the operating system to run and create agents that will pop power these future marketplaces. So well in advance of the thing happening that makes everybody want it we are the first in the market to create uh, an agent building framework that is enterprise ready it has scalability it has security its encryption it has visual workflows so you can program with english it's drag and drop interface it deploys to your domain it can you build it once and you can deploy it to your website to your discord channel to your a microsoft team account it can email in the background it can operate in the background as an api and do work all those things uh it's called embodiments you can deploy them wherever you like build it once deploy it everywhere this is going to change how marketing is done i i think the traditional website like web 2.0 is just going to die a slow slow agonizing death um It is going to happen because search engines are going to reward less and less pages and pages of content that require you to click around and more and more websites and domains that provide stellar user experiences and customers in the market is demanding real-time interactive experiences and so we're going to see as the economic value of the the website diminishes um, the, the value economic value of the experience on your domain that you offer will increase so for example um, now I'm gonna I'm going to skip like a generation and go like to the next stage of this So, you know, don't call me crazy or dismiss this as futuristic sci-fi It's just one tick and the clock beyond what I just said but um, if I wanted to buy a car I would um, I would maybe go to a dealer now and go and ask them to show me around, or I would go to a website and if the website is successful, it gets me into a build your own vehicle where I can pick my colors and and see what it costs to make a decision, right? Those are like the ways that people buy. Well, two ticks in the future. Um, I will put on my virtual reality glasses. And I will not go to the dealer in person, but I will talk to the brand agent for this company. And this brand agent is trained on the best salespeople, ultimate customer service, knowledgeable, helpful. I mean, what Airbnb founders call a 10 star experience. It's like that. It's meticulously designed for helping you derive ultimate customer satisfaction. Every interaction between customers, is logged and understood and analyzed afterwards by the marketing team to see if there's gaps in customer intent, knowledge. And so the agent is constantly updated. If one person was not happy or not helped, it the agent engineers behind us improve the brand agent right away with the analytics to make sure the next customer who has a similar need gets a good answer. Um, then you you meet with that person in or brand agent in, virtual reality, and you can preview that car on your driveway. You can sit in a chair and feel the sound and and look around in the interior, what it is like to sit in the car and you can make a purchase decision right there. Like today, you'd have to go to Google, find, find a website, browse around to the model vehicle, click on build, find how to use that interface. It's not standardized. It's a really prehistoric way to interact with a brand if you think about it. When it could be as seamless as, you know, I want to sell you a printer. And I see the different vendors, Epson and HB and Canon. And I see them just standing there. And I just have a conversation with them. say, okay, tell me between you guys, why should I buy your printer? Oh, let me see this. And we're like, okay. And then let's pull in customer reviews. And an agent comes in that's like a neutral third-party review aggregator agent, right? And says, you know, what they're saying is true. Actually, many customers (laughs) agree. And so your shopping experience is completely different. Um, Now, I know the title of this podcast is Practical AI Innovation. And at this point you may think like, oh, well, that's far away. How do we begin? Why is this practical? I want to do stuff today. So if you're a very small company, you don't have the budgets to innovate and so forth, right? Or build stuff from the ground up. Be on the lookout for these agent marketplaces. Because that's where you're going to see people put out helpers and then embrace those helpers, put them in your team when they come. I'm I'm telling you what's going to happen next year. So when that happens, be an early adopter. Um, If you um if you have the opportunity to uh learn how to build your own brand agent that means instead of only having a website put a chat embodiment of your agent on your website so people can also talk to your brand and capture that analytics and capture those logs to understand what customer experience looks like with rank brain type algorithms for google The the websites that are the best at keeping people engaged and giving them what they want, sell more and get more traffic. With traditional analytics, you do not know why people came, what they typed in, or why they left. The best you can get is a heat map. Useless compared to people actually telling you what they want and then you either nailing it or flunking it and you'll have logs to show you that. The sooner you can capture those logs, the better you'll be equipped to win versus your competition and give a better user experience, which will means more exposure, and more sales. These are things you can start today. Then organic marketing is becoming omnichannel. This is already beginning now. What do I mean by that? Have you heard of zero click search? Zero-click search means that Google keeps more traffic on their home page and sends less to websites than before. The percentage of zero-click searches in Google is increasing dramatically. It is going to get to a point where already 90, the latest data is around 95% of pages will receive no traffic from search engines. Okay, that's going to go to 99.99999%. So other platforms are coming up. TikTok, ChatGPT. They have hundreds of millions of active users. What do I mean by that? What is the consequence? It means that you need to stop thinking about SEO and organic marketing as mono channel. You have to start looking at it as omni channel organic. Well, does that look like? Well, if, peop- if you have a website, why don't you have a chat GPT for your brand? Why aren't you in Meta as a brand? Why aren't you in Windows Copilot as a brand? Why aren't you on Alexa as a skill? Wherever your customers are, you should be there. Omnichannel organic. Now, that's why we're building Smith, so you can build it once and deploy it everywhere. So don't, don't repeat your effort. With one click, you can then deploy to Discord or deploy to your website, but you only maintain a single agent rather than, you remember how hard it is to build an Android app and an iPhone app, (laughs) right? You don't want to repeat that for agents. You want to build it once and then deploy it everywhere. SmithOS is built with that in mind because every business, whether they like it or not, I mean, you cannot have a website and still hand out business cards and rely on yellow pages for leads. Let's see how well that's going for your sales.
0: Mm, you know there's the mean? reality. there's the harsh reality isn't it yeah it really is there's a word that's kind of going round and round and round in my head as you're describing all of this and again thank you so much alexander for making this really practical so people know what they need to be focusing on today because you're absolutely right bringing that back background to what can i do next um but the word for me that i've kind of just got i can't not hear now is personalization it feels like, and I've been in marketing long enough to know that personalization is almost the holy grail of marketing. Uh, if you can personalize, so your your customer, your target customer feels so special. I mean, that lovely Airbnb 10, you know, 10 out of 10 kind of experience thing is a great analogy for that. But for me... If we can get to a level of personalization where it's just that ultimate, ultimate customization of experience that is controlled by the customer, why would they ever need to go anywhere else? Well, they, well, they wouldn't. They would never want to go anywhere else. They it's the yeah. ultimate, isn't it? Is, is this going to enable this? Because it feels as though it's going that way.
1: It's the catalyst that makes that future come true. We all know that's what customers want. It's clear as day. But the how we get there has been a bit vague in the past and maybe difficult. But with agents, you have that possibility. For example, Smith OS agents have memory. They can remember things. And then it can recall not just, um, not just memory for our last two minutes of conversation, but they can have read the entire website. So with Smith, you can just say, here's my sitemap, read it. And then hook that up to an API endpoint, and boom, you have a chat that can answer anything about anything on your website. And if you update your website, it re-indexes automatically. You don't even have to do any work. So it's always up to date. I joke around, uh, I joke around and I say people say, you know, so what do I need to think about when people say AI agents? And I say, well, think of them like employees who actually read the company manual. <laughs>
0: There it is. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's almost that they're, they're perfect. They're almost like they're perfect employees.
1: There. One thing we have to keep reiterating, and needs it's important to reiterate, humans are extremely flexible. In biology, we call this neuroplasticity. It's the same reason why you can see a two-year-old in a restaurant You know, not even ready to sit in a chair, but going like this on an iPad, tap, 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 slide, 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 slide. (laughs) If you had shown that picture to someone who lived in the 1950s and said, this is an actual human. It's not some alien from another planet. (laughs) They'd be like, wow, what? what is going on here? Neuroplasticity. Humans are extremely adaptable and extremely malleable, and we adapt to new realities. Humans have an incredibly valuable role to play in this, and it will be a dance between technology and humans. Going back to this quote, it is humans multiplied by AI. AI is no different. At the end, Even it can be a very, very smart hammer, but it is still a hammer. It is still something we create and breathe life into and we can make it do good and evil we can put it to productivity or use it for wasteful activities right so if, if 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 hypothetically somebody were to use ai to replace their life partner right it would not give them children but is that the best way to use it now you could use it for that but is that the best way to use it Right, technology is as such, you know. Um, your country can ban uh weapons, but people can still find a way to hurt other people with other objects. You know, if if your intention is to use it for good, you will use it for good. And so it's the same with this technology. Humans have incredible value to add, and at the same time responsibility as with everything in life I I mean I don't know if you have children but um, mine are not yet old enough to drive a vehicle but think about the gravity of responsibility of being behind the steering wheel you could murder or kill a person if you do not pay attention if you are on your phone or you're distracted you could hit a child, and imagine living with the consequences of that. Just for a second of glancing at your phone, you 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 could be a murderer, manslaughter. It's a terrible thing. Being being behind a vehicle is an incredible responsibility, right? Same is true for every technology, right? So. Using AI is a privilege, like like driving a motor, a motor car, but it also comes with great responsibility. And so, it's one of my favorite quotes uh, from from the Spider-Man movies: "Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility." Right? This is this is us now. We're all superheroes. AI gives us superpower. <laughs> How are you going to use? your superpower.
0: And there's your question, audience. No matter what role you have, no matter where you are on the journey of um, exploring and uncovering the opportunity of AI. Alexander has just given you the challenge. Are you really willing to take this uh, this mission? Are you willing to go for it? I, I want to point people in the direction of your website because there is just you know so much rich content on there in terms of helping people to understand the basic kind of premise of the AI agent. And I, I think you know certainly the, the videos uh, that are on the homepage on your site, I think you know can take just that level of understanding of what you've been describing here to the next. So people can really get a grasp of the opportunity as to how it translates to them. So should we be pushing them in the show notes to your website? And should they be following you on LinkedIn? Are there any other kind of places you'd like them to go to keep in touch with you?
1: Yeah, it's the earth round. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) yes. (laughs) Well, yes, indeed. Um, Now, that said, everyone can build agents today. Just like everyone could build a website in 1998. But it was not until WordPress came around that everyone could truly have a website. You know what I mean? Um, so what we're trying to do with SmithOS is we're trying to be like like that. But in the initial market, uh, we have to we have to pick our attention where we go our attention. And currently, uh, as a platform, we're focused on helping larger companies and larger agencies to, to solve problems for enterprise. And as that grows, I think our technology will become more and more accessible to more and more people. Uh, and in the meantime, it is good for you. I will just tell you this. Um, I already have ranking factors for brand agents for the future search engines. I also already have the qualifications you need to become a great agent engineer in the future you want to hear them because you can work on it right now even before you build agents you can start becoming qualified to later build agents when this technology becomes available there are three things the first one is you need to be a good prompt engineer but not because your boss told you to take a course because you love tinkering and without anyone telling you, you're already trying the different languages and love languages of the different AI models. You know how to make them do what you want to do. English is the hottest new programming language. So you need to master your language. You need to learn how to communicate with AI. Prompt engineering is number one. Number two, it really, really helps if you know how to call an API. It's not complex, but experience helps a ton. It helps if you know the basics of programming. I'm not saying learn Java or C-sharp. I'm saying know what a loop is. Know uh, know what a variable is. Know what an if-then-else statement or condition is. Like Learn to think a little bit in terms of programming. If you don't have any experience, MIT has a, has a programming language called Scratch, which is visual and you can drag and drop blocks. It may seem like it's a toy for children, but I have five-year-old kids I know who can do this. So you can do this too. That's skill number two. And skill number three is be good at something, whatever it is, because the people that are most qualified to build the agents in your domain are going to be people who are good at something in that domain and what you're good at is not what i'm good at and it's not what neil is good at right so be good at something right and so that is those are the three skills you can do you can apply today yourself apply yourself today in those three areas in your regular job and you are going to be ready to be an amazing agent engineer down the line, the most valuable member on any team, the most desirable recruit or hire a company can make if you have those skills. And then for everyone else, even if you do not have ambition to become an agent engineer, you need to think of a world where there's an overabundance of content From an infinite amount of potential sources and you need to ask yourself the question why should they pick me why if you fall in the trap of letting ai write your content you are signing up to be generic because everyone can do that now you need to stand out you need to build your personal brand more than any other activity you should be doing is posting but make it real make it human don't use shortcuts don't use ai templates the best way to build your personal brand is create a short video right now and post it where people can see your face can hear you talk and can get to know who you are and do that frequently regularly the secret to content is not just velocity it's consistency do that on a consistent basis and you will have a personal brand that ensures that as content continues to flood the internet generic ai written content that will kill the internet as you know it and unleash the next chapter but as that happens you will continue to have a voice because you will have built a personal brand And those are the accounts that will be rewarded by these websites as they are facing content moderation challenges in light of an over flooding of cheap, generic AI generated content. They're going to value people who have a personal brand. So if you want to be relevant two years from now and quote unquote exist, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to see it, did it really fall? if you post it on social media and nobody read it, were you really doing content marketing? Mm -hmm. To prevent that from happening, you need to get to work today and build your personal brand. And that is as practical as I can make it.
0: And that everybody is practical AI innovation. Alexander Derrida, thank you so much for your wisdom, energy, uh, guidance and uh, sage advice today. It has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you.